Have you ever felt like you're the only one who struggles with finding good friends? That everyone else around you has built-in best friends and you're the odd man out? Today in my interview with Fatima Diedrichsen, also known by her friends and family as Fatty, we talk about her experiences over the years with friendship and making the effort to be a good friend. Her stories start with being an international student at BYU who didn't speak any English, having to take a dictionary to class and try to understand a brand new culture and language, and having literally no family around and no built-in friends either. She shares her inspiring stories of bravery, putting herself out there for others to get to know and love, making the effort to be a friend, and the power one person can have to be someone's one friend. All right, today, friends, I have a new, well, she's really not a new friend of mine, but someone that I finally met on Zoom this morning and I feel like is a real friend to me. Fatima Dedrickson, and she goes by Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> and I just can't wait to talk to you today. So say hi and tell everybody just a little bit about who you are and what you are all about. Hi, you guys. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I'm honored. And yes, I go by Fatty, and I was born and raised in Sweden. And I came to the States 12 years ago. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel old. <laughs> no. I came here um, to run track at BYU and then I met my husband and the rest is history. <laughs> Love it. Your story is so wonderful. And I just have to say that I, I just told Fatty that I finished reading her book this morning and I love it so much. There's just so much goodness that I hope we can squeeze into 45 minutes, but let's just get started. So you grew up in Sweden and I want to ask you about your story of what took you to America. Like what, and I know the story, but let's talk about what kind of started that in your mind and in your heart. So okay. if I remember right, it was, it was a goal to meet the prophet of our church someday, right? Yeah. So we have general conference, you know, every six months. And mm -hmm. in Sweden, when we watch general conference, we always watch it a week later because oh. the way it's recorded, you know, and okay. because we are ahead of time. And so we would watch a week later. And honestly, I didn't even know there was a Saturday session first off. Okay. <laughs> I learned that. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. I think a lot more people feel that way than, than some of us realize. Yeah. So, so anyways, I, it was at a time, you know, when you're a teenager and you're trying to find yourself and trying to find just I don't know, just purpose. And I was at that time kind of struggling with just myself and not, not so much my testimony, but I just wanted to feel some kind of connection with the prophet and just like the apostles and everyone. And I remember just feeling, I had a lot of questions and I, there was a lot of prayers and just being like, I just want to feel some kind of connection. And so mm -hmm. President Monson came, who is who used to be one of our prophets back in the day because uh, yeah. he passed away. But he um, he came for a fireside. And this is huge because Sweden is so small and like we don't get this all the time. And so this was a yeah. big deal. And I just remember being like, I want to go. Like no matter what, I'm going to make sure that I will be there. And I um, live about 20 minutes from the church and so the chapel and I would take go on a bus and walk and this was like a cold day but I was like I 
have made this decision. I knew that I was going to go, even if my family didn't go, which they ended up not going. Anyways, so I ended up going and the first song that we sang was We Thank You, God, for a Prophet. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me. Like, I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. Like, it just hit me. And I, and if you know President Monson, like, he would do, he always went out of his way to greet people. Like, he was always the one to, like, stay. He would stay three hours later just to, like, say hi to everyone and just made people feel loved and seen, you know? And so after the fireside, he decided to say hi to everyone that wanted to greet him, basically. So I stood in line, this 14, 15-year-old little girl, like standing in line and stood in line for an hour and a half. <laughs> and then when I- It's a long time. A long time. But when I finally got to him, he just looked me in the eyes and he was like, you are so beautiful and we need you in Utah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just- <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. And I remember coming home, I wrote this down in my journal and it was like one of those things where it wasn't like, I didn't know what that meant. Like, I was just like, what do you mean? We need you in Utah, you know, whatever. And, but that song and meeting him and just him, his love and just like, it just really changed me, you know? And from that moment, I always just had that in the back of my head, like I'm needed in Utah. I don't know what that means yet, but we'll see, you know? Right. Um, And I read in your book, you said that you kind of thought, does he say this to everyone? Yeah. And he definitely, I, um, I mean, I actually don't think I ever met President Monson. I've seen, I saw him a couple of times in Utah, like at a jazz game once and somewhere else, but, um, but I've met other prophets and that's not something that they say. I mean, and it's a, for anyone listening to this who's not a member of our church, this is like meeting the Pope. Yeah. It is a big deal to even see them from a distance, let alone be able to shake their hand and have them like speak to you even for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. So it was, what a cool experience. So cool. And I think like looking back at it now, I could never deny this. I mean, he knew, he knew that needed just that phrase, because now I look back at my, my family and my life and, you know, like my whole family, they're all inactive. And just like, I think like, what would my life have been if I didn't follow that prompting, follow that counsel, you know, like it's mind blowing to me. Wow. So if you know me really well, you know that certain things will keep me up at night. I will obsess and worry about things to death to the point where I literally can't sleep. And one thing I've been worrying about a lot the last week or so has been my children's education and how to get a hold of all of this virtual online learning that they're doing. It has been so stressful to say the very least. So I think it's actually good they're doing about two hours a day, two to three hours a day of distance learning. But in the meantime, we've tried to supplement them with some other things. And I want to share with you something that we've tried that's worked really well. And it's called Varsity Tutors. So Varsity Tutors delivers free live enrichment classes taught by experts that make learning really fun. And this week, my kids have been doing Primates of the World and they are obsessed with it. My kids love animals, so it's been really easy for them to just get in front of the computer and get excited to see these videos and pictures of animals and learn all kinds of fun, interesting facts about them. And Varsity Tutors has hundreds 
of free online classes that are guaranteed to enrich your child's educational experience. So whether it's a class taught by an astronaut or a musician or wildlife expert, there's fascinating subjects for every child. And these courses have really been a lifesaver for us because it's just fun supplemental learning to keep them going throughout the day, just to fill in some of those gaps where they would have been in school for seven hours. And Varsity Tutors has you covered for all your back-to-school needs, from one-on-one tutoring to self-study tools and learning pods and homeschooling resources. They really offer everything, and they have a 4.9 out of 5 satisfaction rating. So to reserve your spot in a free class, you can go to varsitytutors.com slash mintarrow. That's varsitytutors.com slash mintarrow. Give your child the confidence and keys to success today at varsitytutors.com slash mintarrow. Okay, so fast forward a few years later, and you ended up coming to Utah to be a student at BYU, which is where I went to school too, and you were on the track team. Mm -hmm. So as I was reading your book, I was fascinated by the concept of, and so I want to talk about language too, because you came to Utah not speaking English, like this blows my mind because BYU is hard. Yeah. They, I mean, from my experience, my professors over and over would tell us that, you know, this is like an Ivy League education. Like this, the professors are, are told to make their curriculum as difficult as like a Harvard or, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it felt that way. It felt like every class, at least for me, felt like an uphill battle of I really, really had to work to get a decent grade. And that's me being an English only speaking person that's spoken, I've, you know, spoke English my whole entire life. Yeah. So trying to envision what you would talk about in your book that you would, well, I don't want to take it away from you. Tell me what that was like. Okay. So first off, before I even came, my coach was like, okay, you have to take the SAT test. So I had the SAT test and I had another, I can't remember the other test the TOEFL test or something as the two tests. And I had to pass them both in order to come to BYU, you know, and be an international student. But I came because I had a scholarship for track. And so he's like, you just have to pass this, like, just do your best, you know, for like three months, I carried this ginormous book to like practice and I'm telling you that I would Google, or I would like use my dictionary to find these words. They weren't even in the dictionary. Like some of these words, I'm like, how am I supposed? And I just, I, another thing, that's another just like testament to me that I, I knew my heavenly father wanted me to be here because I guess on that test, I was literally going, A, this looks good. B, like I guessed on the entire test. Wow. Because I had no idea. I just did. The only thing that I knew was the math math part because math is mm-hmm. universal. So like I killed that part. But yeah. everything else was a huge guess. And my coach, I remember my coach just like emailing me. He's like, you passed. And I just was remember Aww. thinking, I couldn't have done it without having a father. There's no way, you know. And yeah. even when I came here, I didn't speak English. But I love learning languages. Like that is a passion of mine. I want to learn Italian really badly, but that's another another topic. Um, and I would go to my classes with an English Swedish dictionary and a Swedish English version. Mm-hmm. And I will sit in front of my class and just pray and hope that I would understand something. 
But I will say that the English came pretty quick to me just because that's what I was surrounded with. You know, I had no choice. So. Yeah, but seriously, I'm just, it still just blows my mind because I, again, think about college courses at BYU and just trying to keep up with the curriculum in general. And then on top of that, learning English, I just can't even imagine. And then when you described that, I, I'm picturing a, an international student sitting there in the front row with their dictionary. And I, oh, I, so many times in your book, I thought to myself, I was so self-absorbed as a, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old at BYU. I, I did not do a good job looking out for those international students who could have used one friend, you know? Yeah. And let's talk about bullying because that's, a topic that I feel like we need to expose as much as possible and talk to people about, you know, what you can do to combat that. And, and I want to hear about that experience that you wrote in your book about bullying. So, um, this, like, I remember this, this incident, like clear as day. So this girl in my class, she, was one that was a little bit different from everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. she had her own, I don't know. She just did her own thing. And, and I'm sure that everyone can probably think of someone that is maybe doesn't follow the trends or follow the norm or whatever. But yeah, for some reason, when people are different, we look at differences or their uniqueness as bad or like a bad thing, you know, like we're really in reality, we are all different, right? Like we all have unique mm-hmm. things that make us, us. And so for her, she was different, but she was an amazing person. And when we take the time to truly get to know people without like looking at their appearance or their skin color or whatever their differences, we can learn so much. And I'm sure people can be like, wow, I didn't think that I would mesh with you. But now that I actually got to know you, I love you. Like, what was I thinking? You know, like how many times have that has that happened to you? Maybe even to me, like, I know so many times, but I'm like, yeah, I didn't think I'd like you. But like, now that I got to know you, like, you're awesome. You know? And it's like, why do we do that? You know? Anyways, yeah. we, these girls in my, my class had put mud in her mouth, told her to close her, close her eyes. And they were like being so rude and so mean. And they put mud in her, in her mouth. And I just remember going after her and just telling her sorry. Like, I'm so sorry that people are treating you that way. And then just standing up for her. And I think at that moment, I think she was pretty embarrassed that that happened. But also I'm sure grateful that someone saw her and like, I was able to stand up for her and be like, guys, this is not okay, you know? And I think a lot of times it really just takes one person one person to say something and for some reason especially when we are younger we think oh that's embarrassing if I say something I don't want to say something because I don't want my friends to to get mad at me or make fun of me I lost so many friends just because I stood up for her but I would do that any day anytime because I would hope that someone would do that for me or even my kids you know what I mean like now that I have children it's like oh my gosh like I stressed out so much because I'm just like, I hope that us as parents, that we can teach our kids these things, 
teach our kids mm-hmm. to stand up for what is right, teach our kids to be uncomfortable and be okay with being uncomfortable, you know, and totally. be okay with, I might lose friends, but I am standing up for what is right. I am doing the right thing. And that is far more important than trying to be cool. Like be with the cool kids. Totally. And you know that there's other kids feeling that same way too, where they're like, oh, I should say something, but I don't want to ruffle feathers or I don't want to like be kicked out of the cool kids club or whatever. And I think it even happens as adults too, Mm -hmm. where, you know, sometimes women will get together and they'll like have this false sense of connection because they're all bashing something or someone and it all it takes is one person to change the subject or to yeah. say something that's different, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it, it goes on sadly, even with adults and 100%. it does, it takes courage to just be the one person that is brave enough to say something. So I love that you did that. And I'm sure that that, you know, carried on into having courage when you were in situations later on in life where maybe you were kind of the one feeling like the odd man out, you know, mm-hmm. in a school where you didn't speak the language and you were away from your family. And 100%. I loved your story about, I would love for you to tell us the story about your mom inviting like strangers to live in your, or to stay with you all the time. And then how you found yourself in that same situation at BYU. So my mom, anyone that's met her, she is just the most loving cuddly just awesome person she's she's so loving and Mm -hmm. she is constantly serving people all the time she'd just be like hey this family is coming because they just came from this country and they don't have a place to stay so they're gonna stay here for a little bit until we figure something out I can't even count you how many times this happened growing up and I would feel I would get so annoyed because I'd be like that's my room you know or whatever yeah but she taught me and then you'd have to like sleep with one of your siblings or something yes yeah it was you know that's not fun (laughs) (laughs) but I will never forget when she said you know one day you're not gonna live in this house and one day I'm not gonna be around you 24 7 and I Mm -hmm. pray and hope that what I'm doing that someone else will do. And it's going to make me cry um, to you. And um, I can't even tell you how many times that happened to me growing up. I mean, at BYU and when Ben and my family, when we moved to Arizona, I saw this countless of times where strangers or just people will be like, you know, my first year at BYU, I didn't get to go home for Christmas. And my friend was like, you should come home to my family, you know, without even like no hesitation. Her family was like, yes, please come, you know, like please spend your Christmas with us and now their family, you know? And I remember calling my mom and she just crying because she just was like, this is exactly what I was talking about. You know, like we do these things and we, you know, we hope what goes around comes around, you know? And we hope this happens to you. And yeah, so many times I saw this when, when we moved to Arizona and we didn't know anybody really. And this family was like, you guys should spend Thanksgiving with us. Cause we weren't coming back to Utah. And this many times where I could just, I just saw the same act that my mom did that other people did to us. So 
That's beautiful. I love that so much. And I got emotional too when I read, <laughs> I still remember her name. You said Chelsea yeah. was your friend that let you come, you know, stay with her family over Christmas. And I, again, thought to myself, gosh, I wish I had read your book. And I, I'm pretty sure you went to school after I did. So this wouldn't have been possible, but I wish I could have had this book to read before I was a student so that I could have had my eyes open for people who needed a friend needed someone to go home with for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And it does just take one friend, one person, you know, to be kind and to reach out. I want to talk to you too about an experience that you shared about um, like the honor code and going to class once with a tank top. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think we're so quick to judge sometimes and to look around and think like, oh, this person, you know, just wants to break the rules or they think they're above it or they, you just make assumptions so quickly sometimes. And maybe you don't know that that person doesn't understand. Like, I loved that you, what you shared about, you didn't even know what you signed when you signed the honor code. So I just remember being like, I got to do all of these things quick because I got to get this in. I, I just remember signing it. I never read it. I never knew, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember going on campus one day and I was wearing a tank top and I just remember getting all sorts of glares. And I was thinking like, they're glaring at me because I'm black and I'm like the only black person on this campus. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why are they glaring at me? You know? And then I remember it was Chelsea. She's like, it's because you're wearing a tank top, you know? And I'm like, yeah. wait, why? Like, am I not allowed to wear a tank top? She's like, it's just, she had to explain to me about the whole honor code thing. And I was like, oh, that's right. And for anyone who doesn't know, this is a dress code that when you go to BYU, you sign an agreement that you'll wear the dress code, which is like you wear short sleeves mm-hmm. and like, you know, shorts or skirts down to your knee. And yeah. there's, it's just like a modesty standard that you um, agree to when you're a student there. But like you said, you didn't, you weren't even speaking English. Yeah, I didn't. Yet when you signed all those papers and didn't even know what you, <laughs> what was yeah. going on. So it just made me think, gosh, there's probably so many situations where we just don't know Yeah. the other side of the story and whatever it is, you know, you're just, it's so easy to quickly assume that you know the agenda of someone else. just did a post about this the other day about assumptions because we are so quick to judge you know like we're so Mm -hmm. quick just based off what we see you know and it's like it only takes you to use your voice and ask a question to fully understand right like you really someone could have just been like hey like how come you wore your tank top and I would have been like well that's because I like that you know and then they would have been like oh well do you hear, like, do you know about the article? It would have been something so simple. You know what I mean? Like, right. or when you see someone that, I don't know, like I was talking about how people are so quick to being like, oh, you must have your hands full, you know, or I don't know, like how, how are they all yours? Or, you know, whatever people just feel like horrible it's thing okay to, say to, to say, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, we assume all the time, like everyone does it. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about, if we're going to assume, always assume the good, you know, always yes. 
try to give people the benefit of the doubt instead of something negative, you know, Mm -hmm. and, or even sometimes when people tell you about someone, you know, it'll be like, oh, so-and-so is like this. And so then in your head, you, you have already judged this person because someone else told you how they are. Right. But then yes, if you try to get to know them based off what they said, then you're going to look at them differently. But if you don't use that and you make your own assumptions or just your own judgment based from how your interactions are, I bet it's going to be completely different. And sometimes it isn't, but a lot of times it is. So I don't know, just always assume the good because assuming something bad just doesn't do anybody good, you know? Yeah. Gosh, that's so true. And Neil and I have, my husband and I have talked about that, that, you know, at times we've kind of listen to somebody who has an opinion about someone else right when we're like new in a neighborhood or something mm-hmm. and then come to find out usually not always but usually people who are willing to sit and tell you opinions about other people those are the people you might want to be like yeah. a little careful with because you know oftentimes it's actually the people that would just never talk about other people or you know share their opinion of others are the ones that you want to trust probably a little bit more because those are the types of people you want that you know are always speaking the best of others, you know? So, okay, talk to me about loneliness because that just like gutted me when I read in your book about loneliness and how you've overcome that in different stages of your life. Yeah, okay, so you can probably imagine, you know, leaving, but actually you probably can't because your family, a lot of them are here. So anyways, I left my family. I left Mm -hmm. all my best friends. I left everything I knew Mm -hmm. and came to something completely unfamiliar to me. Everything was just new, you know, the language, the people, everything. And also being a person that's I look different than everyone else. You know, like I, I look different. I spoke differently. I dressed differently. And so I was already standing out. I was already like, oh, this person, not so much that I didn't belong there, but it was just, I'm different, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was hard. It was really, really hard. First couple months because I was, I felt lonely and I didn't really mesh with my roommates at that time either. And so that was hard. But I remember my conversation with my dad, I called him and I was just crying. I was just, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is hard. And I I have a hard time, you know, even just school was hard and my roommates were hard. And even like, the church, obviously, like you can go and feel the spirit, but like it was hard for me to like the, I don't know, classes and understanding the lessons and stuff like that. Like that was hard still, you know, but I do remember being like, I need to, I can be either all in or out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can choose to be all in where I'm like, I'm going to own it and be myself and own my quirkiness and whatever, like my differences, I can do that or I can just hide and, mm-hmm. and be in this dark place. And at right. that time I truly just decided I'm going to be all in, like, I'm going to 
own this and I'm going to own me and be me and people are going to love me for me. And the same goes to anyone else. Like people are going to love you for who you are. And we don't have to sit and pretend or, or force us like try so hard to fit the crowd and try so hard to, to be and talk like everyone else just because that's what it seems like it's the cool thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think too, as adults, as we get older and become moms, it's hard to to build real friendships and real relationships yeah. because when you become a mom, it's so easy to get so focused on your children, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we, we lose ourselves. We forget about us because you're still a person. We forget about our needs, our, our passions, our, our hobbies, right? Because mm-hmm. we are so focused on taking care of these little ones. They're so great and such big blessings, but it's like you are still just as important as those those children. And a lot of times we just forget, you know, we forget to shower some days because yeah. we've been taking care of and of picking up toys and spit up and changing diapers and cooking and all these things are amazing. But so are you, you know, and so are we. And and when we are so deep in these I say we, these these are phases, but even in these phases, we need to be able to be like, listen, I need a minute. I just need some time for me, or I need to just get out for 30 minutes so that I can feel refreshed, you know, or an hour or whatever. Um, yeah. I talk about friendship because I think it's so hard when we are moms to build mm-hmm. real friendships, right? And it's it's hard because I think we, we get it's in easy our to own, isolate. Yes. And yeah. we get in our own way sometimes where we are like, oh, I don't want to reach out mm-hmm. or these people already have their own group or. Yes. Um, they, that they, one for sure. Yeah. They already have friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to bother them by saying, yeah. Hey, do you want to, like, do you want to do something? It's like, you don't know how many moms are dying for someone to say, hey, how are you? Do you want to plan a play date today? Like that's all it takes, yeah. right? But we get in our own heads thinking, oh, I'm going to bother them or I'm going to, um, like they're not going to care or whatever it may be. And it's like, yeah, we need to stop getting in our own heads. We need to stop having using these excuses that get in our own way, you know, like sometimes we are the reason sometimes that this loneliness circle keep going around and around and around instead of just being Mm -hmm. the the one to decide, Hey, I'm going to reach out to someone. I'm going to make the decision to just say hi or compliment that mom at the park or ask them, Hey, how many kids do you have? Well, how old are they? Like, that's really all it takes, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we just get in our own way. Totally. I agree so much. Yeah. And I loved what you shared when you talked about those different phases of being lonely at BYU, then being lonely when you guys moved to Arizona and, and that each time it just took you, like you said, being all in and forcing yourself to say, I'm going to do something about this instead of just feeling like I'm stuck being lonely or not having friends and I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And then so, we, so we, we are scared of rejection, 
right? Mm-hmm. You're scared. Oh, so true. We'll say, well, they're probably just going to say no. So then we don't even do it. Like we yeah. already make up our own minds before we even try to make an attempt. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're probably too busy. Or yep. we, we already make these excuses. So then because we're scared of rejection, we're scared of someone saying no. And really that should not be, that should not take away from you trying, right? Like if someone yeah. says no, like if, especially everyone has different phases, like you have a newborn right now. So like mm-hmm. plus three other children, right? And so like yes. you being able to go have lunch with someone might be a little bit harder and your answer might be, <laughs> you know what? Like right now it's not a good time, but it doesn't mean that you wouldn't want to in couple months or whatever, totally. or being like, but you can, you can come here, you know, like mm-hmm. come over or I don't know anything. Like sometimes we just, we also got to realize like there's also a time and a, and a phase and sometimes it's like right now it's hard, but we can still go around it. You know, like, yeah, I might be home a lot right now, but you, you can come here and bring lunch. Like that would be great. And we can still hang out, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I, I think too, with COVID it's made it even harder and, and made people feel so even more isolated, but it, it's, you can still call, you can still text, you can use technology, you can Marco Polo or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I think honestly, especially with COVID, I think a lot of people are struggling like mental health and loneliness mm-hmm. and yes. almost like it's manifesting itself even more because it's like you you can't do the things that you were able to and mm-hmm. but if anything I feel like for me it's almost forced me to be more intentional with my friendships and and really mm-hmm. check up on my friends and even if it's just a FaceTime call and it's like so fun you know like even I'm not with them but it's like that's all it takes, you know, like it doesn't have to be fancy. And I think sometimes social media does this thing where it's this false, it's not real where people are just like, we think that friendship is going and having brunch every day. It's like, no, this mm-hmm. people don't do this all the time. Like some people yeah. do, but like, if you have <laughs> kids, I guarantee that people are not having brunch every other day, you no. know? And like, so then people are like, well, they're doing this. So like they're going to trips and they're doing that. And it's like, okay, but just because they're doing that doesn't mean that everyone is doing this. You know, right. I think we, we get into the scrolling just, I'm going to scroll, I'm going to see. And then we feel bad about ourselves and bad about our lives. And we feel like our lives are sucky just because other people are doing all these things. And we don't, we only see one tenth, if that, of people's lives, you know? And right, totally. So sometimes social media that way is, is bad because people just sit, and especially now with COVID, people just sit and scroll and scroll and scroll. And they're mm. just, I don't know. Well, I always feel like your posts and even your stories are very uplifting. And one of the things that I've really loved seeing that has been inspiring and motivating to me is when you do your workout videos and you're doing it with your kids, like climbing all (laughs) around and all over you. And I'm like, okay, if she can do this, I can do it. Anyone can do it. And I love that you just, you just do it anyway, you know, your kids are just kind of there. And I loved like 
what you shared about the goal that I would love for you to share that story about the goal that you had after you had your first baby to get back into running and go back to Sweden. And anyway, can you tell that story for us? Okay. So, so I ran track at BYU and then after I had, I had my first right after my collegiate career was over Um, and after I had him, I just remember being like, I'm not done. Like I'm not done running track yet. And literally this was on the hot, like in the hospital, I just looked at my husband and I was like, I still want to run. Like I still want to compete. And my husband's mm-hmm. like, all right, like I support you. And at that time I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I will tell you it was the hardest, most challenging because you're not just getting back in shape, you're getting back into like competing, like competing yes. shape. And I just remember coming home and being like, there's no way I can do this. I can't not do this. Like so many days, but we, again, we get in our own heads. Like mm-hmm. I just had to change my mindset. And I think that is with anything, you know, like whether you're starting a business or you wanting to lose weight or whatever, like we have to put the work in. It doesn't just happen that way. Right. right. And the moment I decided to be like, I am going to work my butt off to meet that goal. Everything changed. Every day was like, this is hard, but I'm doing it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I am going to work my butt off to get here. And that's what I did. And I think anyone can do it. Anyone can do whatever that you want to do, as long as you're willing to put the work in. And I, I had my son in February and then I had my first competition in December and I was stronger and faster than I ever was in college before I had a baby. And I think the only reason was because my mindset was like, I can do this. If they can do it, I can do it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to use my baby as an excuse that like, oh, just because I had a baby, you know, because, you know, it was almost, and we, like, again, we use these excuses just in case I fail or in case something goes differently. Well, I just had a baby, so it's okay, right? Or I just, whatever, like, we use these excuses just as a cushion. And I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to use my baby as an excuse. I was like, I am doing this. And I remember like, I got to go to Sweden. I got to take my family there and I ran in the Swedish national championships. And some people didn't even know that I had a baby, but the most rewarding thing ever was stepping on that podium with my baby mouth (laughs) but with my baby my arms and I just thought like I did that like I worked for this and I think it goes with anything like whether you're wanting to I don't know lose weight or run a marathon or start a company or podcast or whatever like you have to put the work and you have to stay in your own lane. I wasn't comparing myself to whoever because the moment we start comparing ourselves to someone else, we are losing our whole progress because progress is progress no matter how slow it is, right? Like you have to recognize small progress, your own pace, or you're not gonna compare your 
growth or your success with someone else because you're not them. And I think we do that all the time. Like, oh man, she had a baby the same time as me, but she looks like that. And it's like, well, you're not her. So don't compare mm-hmm. yourself with them because you don't know what they used to do before. You know, like right. I so many people will be like, oh, I have four kids too, but I still have all this, all this weight to lose. And it's like, did you know that I literally have been an athlete since I was like eight years old? Like I have mm-hmm. always been this way or I have such a hard time gaining weight and I'm trying to gain weight. It's so hard for me, but people don't know that, but they just look like, oh, man, I wish I could look like that. And I'm like, I wish I could gain five pounds, <laughs> you know, like, but I can't, like, it's so hard. Anyways, I just think we are so easy to jump and give up on our goals because we want instant gratification. Yeah. Yes. Instant gratification, instant results. I want to lose weight. So I'm going to eat healthy. And but now I'll be eating healthy for a week and nothing has happened. So I'm just going to give up. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. just where mentality goes where we just are easy to give up and we are too impatient truly. And so really we want to see actual progress. It will take time and we have to keep at, keep at it and we have to work hard. And then sometimes some days are not going to be as hardcore and that's okay. And we can't like beat ourselves about it. Right. Like we can't, oh man, I suck now because I didn't work out for three days. Like that's fine. You're, you're, you're okay. (laughs) Like it's okay. So that's such an inspiring story about you just making that goal and really achieving it and, you know, continuing to be just a great example of someone who I just, I love to see your stories and I love to see that you're just making it happen, even though you've got these little kids climbing all over you and around you. And, and I think too, to your point of not comparing or not feeling like, cause I'm just right in that, you know, just had a baby two months ago. And I, I think it's a blessing that now we can mute people temporarily. If there's someone that you're seeing in your feed or in your stories that, their stories make you feel bad or their whatever makes you feel bad, you can mute that person for a little while or indefinitely and and make sure that the things that you're surrounding yourself with, not only physically but also mentally when you're looking at your phone, are things that are uplifting to you. And if not, you know, you have the power to change whatever is influencing you. So 100 um, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And too, I feel like before I I used to be like, oh, I can't, I can't go to the gym because I had mom guilt. Like I didn't want to leave my kids at the daycare there because I was like, oh, I feel bad because I'm going to do this. And it's like, you are doing this for you. Like when I work out, I am so much happier. I have mm-hmm. so much more energy. And I'm not saying I go hardcore every day, you know, like some workouts, like, heck, my baby might start crying and I be, may be done. And that's okay too. You know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have this perfect scenario, these perfect, like, I don't know, weights or whatever. Like you just do what you got to do and you just do it. You know what I mean? Like for me, I'm like, some days I can get a 45 minute workout and I'm dripping sweat and others it's like 20 minutes and I'm not that sweaty, but I did something and that's better than nothing. And, yeah. and have to give ourselves grace. Like 
man, I didn't get something today that that's okay. And just leave it at that, you know? Okay. Well, I knew that we were going to run out of time because there's just too many good things to sit and talk to you about. And I truly feel like this conversation and reading your book felt like just talking to a good friend, like an old friend. And I, that's a gift that you have is just making people feel loved and like you've been friends forever. So I appreciate that about you so much. I have one last question for you. And that is if there's one message that you want the people listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? I want you to know that you are in this time right now. You're right where you need to be right now. And I want you to know that you are doing the best you can and that sometimes the best, your best may vary depending on the day and that's okay. And that my best and your best may not be the same, but that is the best you can do. And um, I want you to know whatever your goals are, whatever you are working towards or wanting to do, to remember that progress is progress, no matter how slow it is or no matter how, how much it is. And always give yourself grace, okay? Like you are doing an amazing job. You are amazing. And everyone has something to bring no matter who you are. And so remember that. And yeah, that's all. <laughs> Beautiful advice. I love that so much. It just made me feel better. Like, you know what? I'm right where I need to be. Yeah. So if yeah. nothing else, I needed to hear that today. So <laughs> thank you. And thanks thank so, you much so much for, for having me. Yes. Thanks for taking the time to be here and, you know, sacrifice an hour of your Saturday. I appreciate it so much. Thank where you. can people find you if they want to follow along and be inspired by you? And you share really awesome workouts, like I mentioned, and um, just positivity and... They can oh, find yeah. me on Instagram. My handle is stylefitfatty. And yeah, I share all the things over there. <laughs> awesome. And we will link to that and to your book in the show notes too. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.